Welcome back, everybody, to the Rising Action Podcast. It is Josh, and I'm here to bring you something new that we have never really done before, but we are really excited. At least I'm really excited about it. So we have been doing this podcast for a little over a year now, and since this week, I'm dubbing it Plot Week. Uh, we're talking about story structure and plot and, and different ways that you can tell your stories and kind of equip you with some ideas and uh, just kind of like to help you understand some of those things that you'll hear in uh, filmmaking classes, you hear in writing seminars, but maybe you don't fully understand what it means or you want some resources to help you figure it out. So this episode is one that Grayson and I did a little over a year ago on the hero's journey plot archetype, something that you'll see just about everywhere. It's in Harry Potter. It's the Lord of the Rings. It is Star Wars. It is everywhere you look. The hero's journey is right there staring back at you. And if you can learn how to tell a story using the hero's journey archetype, it will take you really, 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 really far. So sit back, relax. We're going to open up the vault and pull out an old episode with Grayson about the hero's journey. So I feel like we should start off with just kind of laying out what the hero's journey is and like explaining the concept and the pretty much the stages and flow of it as like a whole. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, if you want to do that. Yeah. So essentially the hero's journey is probably maybe one of the more done plot archetypes for stories in mm-hmm. American storytelling. Um, you see it in all, almost all of like major uh, uh, movie franchises. You see it a ton in books. Um, it's, it's used a lot. Um, and there's a bunch of different ways to go about doing it. But essentially, the way each of these stories starts is you've got a character, your main character, in their status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually like nothing spectacular is happening, like in the case of The Hobbit, no adventures. Um, And then there is a call to an adventure. Uh, So for example, in The Lord of the Rings, Gandalf shows up and he tells Frodo in The Lord of the Rings that he's got to destroy the One Ring. Um, So then there's that call and then there's an immediate refusal of that call. So that's Frodo saying like, I don't want to do this. as with every hobbit, he's like, but life's comfortable and there's it's no like, adventures. It's like, oh, I can't do this. I have this and this. And, right. You know, like they kind of make excuses of like why they can't. Right. Do so then such thing. They uh, they meet their mentor. Um, and actually, for this case, we have Gandalf as a mentor, uh, especially so in the Hobbit. But we also have, for the case of Lord of the Rings, it's not actually totally Gandalf as the mentor figure. It's the Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have uh, Gimli, Legolas, Boromir, and Aragorn. Right. I'm not missing anybody, am I? There's also Merry and Pippin, but that's more right. So... They they do not mentor anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have your uh, your meeting of your mentors, and then they cross the first threshold. And this is usually like I want to say this is like the break of Act One to Act Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case of Lord of the Rings, uh, the Fellowship set off from Rivendell on their journey journey 
journey, journey. <laughs> to Mount Doom. Um, so that's usually like your, your first act break, and then you break into Act 2. And in the case of Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship goes into Moria. Moria? And they face Moria. the Balrog. Johnny. And, and uh, Gandalf gets dragged down. Actually, that's the end of Act 1, and that's the inciting incident that breaks you into, into Act 2. Yeah. Um, and so then that's like your testing phase. And then we have uh, kind of like uh, you, you kind of like break into Act 2 and like nothing major happens. But in the case of Lord of the Rings, it's Frodo sees the ring's uh, corruptive power. Um, and I want to say that's that's when they're up uh, and the, the ring, race, ring rates show up. Yeah. Um, no, that's when Boromir tries to take the ring. Because Frodo gets seen by Sauron. Yeah. So then you have an ordeal. Um, and that's like just another hurdle to overcome. In this case, Gollum leads Frodo away from Sam to Shelob. Um, and I think this is just like taking Frodo, like just Frodo's journey. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I would say Frodo is arguably the, you know, the hero of that story and there's a lot of characters going on and there's a lot of stories going on yeah um very similarly so like you you're using lord of the rings as a heavy example yeah this is like an overarching like the whole series frodo's journey kind of thing so then you have after your like main uh climactic hump you gotta you gotta climb over um which is frodo is like he just gets to the end and he doesn't want to destroy the ring um so then you have like your your falling action where everything starts to wrap mm-hmm. up Gollum bites off frodo's finger Gollum dies ring gets burned yippee yeah all is well um so then yeah more falling action Sauron's defeated and then sam and frodo reunite with the fellowship and um typically instead of just like the way I think I saw actually Dan Harmon, who does Rick and Morty, the way I saw mm-hmm. him um, describe it was your character starts in a zone of comfort, but they can't end in a zone of comfort. And so they return having done everything, but they have changed. And so in the case yeah. of Frodo, he can't go back to being normal Frodo anymore and he has to leave Middle Earth. Yeah. And so that's like your overarching hero's journey an extreme yeah. probably even a little bit too much detail and, and there's a lot of variation to it but more so like i i would say at least from what i know and and the hero's journey is based off of um joseph campbell it's like it was a story that he did and now a lot of storytellers have followed in his footsteps with that story and there and now there's a whole lot of fluctuations with it but more so it's like oh here's a character in a very comfortable situation but they kind of want to get away from it you know they don't let their life is kind of sucky or whatever right or maybe they're just you know they're in a very safe place then they kind of get yanked out of that and, and from a mentor figure and then their mentor figure uh ends up dying or something happens and then the character goes through these dramatic changes and goes through a, a really dark spot and ends up having to rise from that and then you know uh, ends up becoming a, a better character and is basically like torn down and built up until, you know, they go through this s- cycle. And so, um, like, you know, it, as I always mention, like, I, well, I think in, in my personal, uh, like I call it the, the nerd trifecta, <laughs> which is 
Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Star Wars. Right. Um, and obviously, a lot of those are like Lord of the Rings is the oldest, Star Wars is second oldest, and then Harry Potter is the newest. But like those three are very massive in pop culture and in yeah in, in fiction in general. And all of those, if you think about it, like really have obviously their stories are drastically different. You've got you know. Lord of the Rings, which is very fantasy in terms of it's like, you know, more medieval fantasy. And then you've got Star Wars, which is more space fantasy. And then you've got uh, Harry Potter, which is kind of like this weird, like modern fantasy on like wizards and witchcraft and stuff like that. And it's it's pretty interesting the more you think about it. But um, so obviously, for example, though, like you, you laid out the whole thing of Lord of the Rings for Star Wars, which I know like the back of my freaking hand, you know, it's like it. All three trilogies, Hero's Journey. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm not even kidding. It's like, you've got, right, so you've got um, the prequels. We'll start off with that. Well, I'll go in chronological order. You've got Anakin. He's on Tatooine. He gets yanked off to this th- of the planet to go to the, like, to leave the Jedi, or to leave to become a Jedi. And then, uh, and that's like, he's in this very comfortable spot. He gets taken away. And then basically Qui-Gon dies, right? And then he start, and even his mom dies. And like, he's going through these, uh, changes and things like that. Yep. And, and, you know, Anakin Skywalker has one of the greatest like arcs because it's, a, you know, it's a six film arc rather than a three film arc. Um, and, and so then his mentor figure dies and he kind of goes through this change and he kind of hits rock bottom with that being the you know his turn to the dark side and obviously then he ends up kind of coming back up from that that's in in a nutshell that's that's anakin you've got luke in the same situation it's <laughs> the got, exact same story yeah, except luke just doesn't turn into earth yeah yeah so basically what happens with luke right is he's on tatooine then he's like I can't leave. Like I've got my farm here and stuff. They murk his uncle and aunt and it's yep. like, well, and so then he's <laughs> like, all right, well, I guess I can go with this old man now who knew my dad to be a Jedi. His old man, dad, Jedi dude died. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then it's like, ah, oh, well, okay. Well, then, you know, he's still going through, and he kind of, he kind of comes up from that, but then, you know, it continues even further and empire strikes back where he's, you know, he's so- slowly training in to be a Jedi. And then boom, your dad is the most evil man in the galaxy, minus Emperor Palpatine. But, yep. you know, like, it's pretty much there, and you're like, well, crap. Also gets his hand cut off and, like, his butt kicked. Um, and, oh, and his best friend gets frozen in carbonite, and it's like, okay, they just lost big time. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, happy 40th anniversary to Empire Strikes Back. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> Great movie. Uh, and then, obviously, Return of the Jedi, you know, he comes back, and um, and he ends up redeeming uh you're redeeming Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader. And so it's kind of that whole thing where it's like both of those characters, they kind of went back to where they started, but were much different. And I, it's not exactly the same. I feel like, but it's like, you know, Anakin, he came back to being a Jedi, but he was much different. Right. Right. Luke, you know, he inevitably, like he got back to that spot where he was safe again, you know, but obviously it's like, okay, well he's gone through a lot. He's lost his aunt, his uncle. He's had to convert his, convert his dad back to the light side. Um, he now has a sister, like all of this new stuff, right. Gone through dramatic changes. Yeah. And then you've got the sequel trilogy, the same thing. You've got Ray, Ray gets yanked off of another desert planet. Star Wars and desert planets. I don't freaking know why, but at least it's not Tatooine, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But it's based, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same. Uh, and it's like, oh, she gets yanked off this because she pretty much is forced to, just like the previous two. Yep. Then she finds a mentor in Han Solo. 
Han Solo dies. She's like, oh, but, well, I guess I'll go train to be a Jedi. And then, yep. and then she gets trained. And then Luke dies. And it's like, well, darn. Yep. It's <laughs> then, the exact same thing over yeah. and over and over again, repackaged yeah, it, and Star just given Wars, it a different way. At its core, like it, like is the basic formula, at least of the main movies, is the hero's journey. Now, yeah. obviously, there's a lot of stories within Star Wars and a lot of characters, but those basic main characters with Anakin, Luke, and Rey are all like they're, they're all very much the same, right? They, yeah. They go through these experiences and all of that, and then obviously with Harry Potter, it's very similar. Where it's like, oh, he's you know, he's this orphan kid his parents are gone he lives with his crappy aunt and uncle yeah and then he's like oh he's a wizard and he's kind of forced into this other world and that's an, a big part of the hero's journey as well is on the, all of the diagrams i was seeing it's basically they're in a a normal world and then they transit they, they make a leap into the weird uh, abnormal world yeah so with star wars that's more like you know he's basically like at a farm or whatever and then it's like oh wow he goes out into space or and, and it's like oh god like everything is so much different here you've got these weird aliens and all this stuff yep harry potter is like wizards and stuff and even with um with the hobbit and lord of the rings it's like oh man okay i'm in a completely different place than the shire, um, the shire. yeah yeah it's like it, you know you've got elves and um and dwarves and all of this other stuff like it's drastically different and so that's kind of one component of it is basically the character Going from a a their normal world to a completely surreal and like weird world. I think another example of that is like um, one of my favorite book series as a kid, which I would love to go back to and reread. But there's just so many of them that I just don't really want to tackle. That it's Percy Jackson, yeah, and the Olympians, and I loved those books as a kid. But that that's pretty much was hey, here's uh, Greek mythology, Harry Potter, exactly, <laughs> it's, and. Um, and that's what they did. And also they're making a Disney plus series. I saw that. I'm super, I don't, okay. I'm I'm not going to say I'm super stoked. I'm a little bit stoked. I'm pretty stoked because those books were like my childhood. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I loved Harry Potter, but I didn't read the books as much as I, as a kid for Harry Potter. I, I mostly watched the movies. Percy Jackson, I read all seven of those books and then even continued on with his sequel series. Yeah. And I read his Egyptian mythology series too. Yep. And guess what? And that Egyptian mythology series, the same. It's a thing hero's happened. journey. Yeah, they're like, oh, our dad is like, we're like, oh, we're two, we're brother and sister, and then it's like, oh, our dad died, and then it's like, whoa, we're like gifted with these magical powers because our mom was actually an Egyptian goddess, and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think what there's two uh, like symptoms of hero's journey. More often than not, it's for fantasy stories like sci-fi and fantasy it's very fa- fantasy related like as i was saying that i was like wow these are all they're all of fantasy, fantasy of some kind like some of them mm-hmm. are sci-fi um but more often than not uh it's also packaged in with like the chosen one mm-hmm. archetype as well yes. not all of them but a lot of them are like it's prophesied that you're gonna do blah 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 blah, blah and Both, then they do uh, it lord of the rings harry potter star wars all of like chosen one right it's like yeah oh you you can bury the weight of the, you can carry the weight of the ring oh you can defeat voldemort oh you can bring balance to the force right like, and now i think modern stories are starting to like distance themselves from the chosen one part but they're using hero's journey to kind of like still do it but they're just like yes no not so much chosen one because that's like overbaked a little bit it's pretty cliche yeah a little bit it's kind of like a fantasy trope at this point that oh, oh it's yeah. like oh, you're yeah. the chosen one you were yeah, meant it, to 
bring balance to the force not it, that's like over darkness that's like the most overused thing since like the MacGuffin. Yeah. Like here's which I'd love to do an episode on MacGuffins as well. On like That'd be dope. because like that's a very popular thing. Is like oh here's this item that's like crucial to the story, and without it, it's like and so many stories use MacGuffins. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I was thinking of is like almost like in a weird way, like a lot of Marvel movies are forms of heroes' journeys. Yeah. Where it's like almost oh, all of them, actually. Yes, at least like, the first ones, like the like origin stories of every hero is a hero. Iron journey. Man, Captain America, Thor, yeah, um, like Black Panther, uh, Black Panther, Spider Man, like it's yeah. they're all and and obviously they're all variants of one another. Yeah, um, I was in when I was thinking of uh, I was in the shower before we recorded this and I was thinking of, of different things and I was like one of them that I thought was actually like a a really good and fresh take on the hero's journey when it came to at least the comic book form was spider-man into the spider-verse mm-hmm. which is a which is a lot different than regular spider-man where it's like he was like he's kind of thr- thrust into this like like he it's not like he like doesn't want to do it. It, it it's like and it has a little bit in that but like spider-man into the spider-verse it's like okay you've got this normal kid who likes being normal right right and he's like, and you know, he's honestly pretty content with his life until obviously like he gets bit by a spider and he's like, crap, like I don't want to do this. And then he gets this mentor figure. Yep. Um, and it's like, it's, it's, it's like the hobby elements essentially. Yes. It's that yeah, same and it's brand like, of your journey. And, um, yeah. And I don't want to rush this or anything, but like, I guess the first thing is like, is, is the hero's journey like, will it ever get old? Is it getting old or is there, are, are, storytellers making enough creative differences or not creative differences, but like basically changes and different ways to the like methods of the formula for it to, for it to be fresh or like, even if it was the same old, same old, would we, would we get sick of it? You know? Yeah. So I, okay. As somebody who writes stories, I don't know that getting old is the correct way to say it, but like you see it all the time. Yeah. And so because like I read books about like, plot structure and like i watch lectures about it i hear like it's one of the three or four most used absolutely for just like stories in general probably like 60 percent of the things that i consume it's like hero's journey hero's journey yeah like (laughs) it's everywhere um yeah so i think there are elements of it that are kind Mm -hmm. of like being gotten rid of like chosen one that whole trope they're like okay eh, a little bit much let's yeah let's make it a little bit more modern where you know, there's just a little bit more going on than you're going to save the world. Like maybe there's yeah. more than one protagonist or yes. maybe the uh, mentor figure isn't one figure or maybe the yeah. mentor figure is flawed. That's See, a big okay, one. So that's what I was. That's like, like Hamish hey in Hunger Games, a flawed right. mentor figure. That was new. Yes. So, okay. So here's the thing that I was going to say to, to preface this, as we were coming up with the idea of this, I wanted to do an episode dedicated to, uh, stories that involve basically a duet, like two characters, that being a more so a parental figure and a child figure. Right. Yeah. And that being like, and it can be a father, a son, like, and, and their kid. But most of the time, like the, when I think of those stories, it's usually not their kid. It's like the, the kid is kind of forced upon them. And, yeah. and I think that is a very new and like within maybe the past 20 years, I would say is a very fresh take on the hero's journey because more often than not, 
the kid isn't the main the the main character. Right. It's the, the mentor. Yeah. It's almost like right. telling the hero's journey from the perspective of from a flawed mentor. Yes. Um. And typically, they're not in a zone of comfort. They're in a zone of discomfort. Yes. And the end or, is like they either come back to a zone of comfort or like they die. Yes. Yeah. So like when when I was thinking of this and, and so. To give some ideas of like the story, if, if people are like, okay, well, what's a story example of that? When I thought of it, it was like um, the video game The Last of Us, the video game The God, uh, God of War, the 2018 rendition, mm-hmm. um, and Logan. Logan and is probably also, my favorite as, one, yeah. Right, exactly. And then also, you just mentioned it. I was like, Hunger Games had a little bit of that, because although it wasn't from Haymitch's perspective. Right. It was like, I thought about that and I was like, oh, Hamish is the flawed mentor, right? Yep. Like that's, and that's a big thing. Um, and like, weirdly enough, like sometimes like the, the MCU version of Spider-Man is a little bit like that where it's like, yeah, sort of, I guess like with Iron Man and Spider-Man where it's like, yeah. and, and I won't get into the whole thing cause I, I have thoughts on that stuff, but that's go check out Comet Blast if you're interested in that. I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point or I have in the past. Um, but that's another thing where it's like, you know, Tony Stark isn't like this perfect character, you know? Right. Like, and in a, in a lot of those stories that like those classic heroes journey, those mentor figures are put on this pedestal, this holy grail. I mean, yeah, you've think got Gandalf. Obi-Wan and Ga- Gandalf yeah. and Dumbledore, right? Yep. And then more, more often than not, though, a lot of those stories, I, I'm, I'm realizing this, it's like they start off and you think they're like these amazing characters. And then later in the story, they reveal something about those characters that it's like, oh, they're not as good as we thought they were. I right. think Gandalf is maybe the exception to that. Although, like, I would say maybe I think there are a couple times that he's like shown to have a little bit of flaws, um, but not very much. Normally, he's put on like Gandalf as like, dude, Gandalf can't do any wrong. Like, right? Yeah, and I think Tolkien used Gandalf to be like a like a god figure. Yeah, um, or at least yes. like a Jesus figure at a minimum. Yeah. And that was subtle. I don't even think he did it intentionally, mm-hmm. but I think. Uh, like a, a modern, like, okay, if you see George R. R. Martin, he talks about Tolkien a lot in lectures, and, like, because people ask him questions about Tolkien a ton. They're like, yeah, you know, you are famous. Talk about Tolkien <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't, because I guess Tolkien is the father of fantasy or something, but pretty much one thing that Gandalf, not Gandalf, one thing that George R. R. Martin <laughs> talks about, uh, frequently is the fact that Gandalf is the perfect mentor and how um, even though Game of Thrones, there is not actually really much of a hero's journey going on. um, He kind of talks about how that that perfect mentor figure was revolutionary at the time because the hero's journey wasn't a thing much before that. But now it's like, okay, we want flaws in every character at least yeah. as modern consumers, because we see flaws in everything that we see do mm-hmm. everything. So we want all of our characters to be flawed somehow. And I think that's kind of like the modern spin on it is we want flawed mentors. We want flawed protagonists, which that is constant because the thing that binds all of our stories together is conflict. And so how do you get conflict? You have flaws and you got to overcome mm-hmm. those flaws. But yeah, I think one of the things that's being done is you're like shaking up how, the story's being brought to you. You're shaking up how many protagonists, like now it's LGBTQ protagonists or like three or four protagonists or being the story being told from the perspective of a mentor. Yes. And like, which is really cool 
because I dig it. I dig it a lot because it's super different and unique. And it's like, okay. And a lot of times, like the mentors, like I think this is, and they're probably going to change this up, but like the mentors don't want to be a mentor. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you've got like literally all of the ones that I'm thinking of God of War, Last of Us, Logan, and then even Spider Man into the Sp- Spider Verse, which it's not told from Peter B. Parker's perspective, but that's a character who is like, I am a very flawed human being and right. I don't want to be your teacher. Right. And then obviously, and they, and they both, I think it's cool because, you know, it's not the. Um, it's not the main character or the younger character learning everything from this older character. They're both teaching each other things, you know, exactly. like the, the, you know, the mentor figure is learning things from, you know, as being a mentor. And so you see that in, you know, in Logan where they, they grow attached and, yeah. and he becomes more of a humbler soul, like, especially like, you know, when they get that, uh, or when they go to that farm and mm. like, <laughs> and it's like, and they have like they you know they have that really, like really sweet like dinner you know yeah because um, even in Logan Logan has a mentor figure yes and so, but he also has to take care for his mentor figure right but that like being, it's really cool because X. even still it's a hero's journey with obviously Hugh Jackman as Logan <laughs> yeah. as your hero but he's also a mentor and he's also being mentored and it's like yeah. okay that's cool because it's. It's a different way of seeing it. Like, okay, imagine if Force Awakens was from the perspective of Han Solo. God. Like, how much be better sick. would that have been? Like, That'd that be would really be so cool. much cooler. Okay, imagine, like, he's bringing Rey on as his little protege, but he's also got the, the deal with his son. Like, that's just, there's such yeah. good conflict there. Imagine if they would have not done a typical hero's journey and would have been like, okay, let's tell this from the perspective of yeah. Han Solo. That would have been crazy, though, like if Han had been like, no, like, I, well, I think that was maybe probably why he was skeptical of, like, you know, accepting Ray anyways, like, bro, my son's on the dark side now. Right. Like, I don't, and that was enough, that will, but you see, you see that from Luke in The Last Jedi, and I, and I thought about that, I was like, that's probably what Ryan Johnson was trying to do, is make it this different modern take mm-hmm. on Luke Skywalker, where Luke Skywalker doesn't want to train anybody. He's not this perfect mentor figure. He's not your Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's not your Gandalf. He's not your Dumbledore. Yeah. He's this guy who is a hermit, and he doesn't want to be left, like, he wants to be left alone because he screwed up and he has baggage, and it's like, well, both, both Ray teaches him, like, there's still hope, and there's still, and like, he has to learn that all over again, you know? Yeah. And, and people get mad at that. It's like, how can this character have been, you know, the most optimistic, like, Jedi in Return of the Jedi? And he brought back the most evil guy in the galaxy. And it's like, in real life, we have to relearn the same lessons every day, you know? Yeah. Some I think the problem like, is that, like, true, you know, you want to see a little bit of it, but it needed to be foreshadowed a little bit more. Um, yeah. Because Luke was set up to be like a perfect mentor figure from what we already knew about him. And there was no, uh, like we had to learn all of his flaws at like one moment when it was all of a sudden there was no flaws before that. And then all of a sudden, uh, the last Jedi, there is flaws. And, but he had flaws in the original trilogy too. He did, but they were just different. Yeah. And like, I agree with that. It's like, okay, well you've kind of totally changed the, trajectory of a character from this yeah. trilogy to this trilogy it's but. almost like they tried to turn him into yoda from empire strikes back and it just yeah. didn't work because it was like yeah there's oh, not there's true. not like the same correlation here and, and yoda and you can see that arc with yoda from yeah. the prequels to the original like it's like seamless that. it's absolutely yes. seamless and with, with luke it's like luke, it's, it's like it's luke, he's like 
He's like, I am the most optimistic Jedi ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And then he's a total pessimist. And it's like, okay, but I need to know why. Because with yeah. Yoda, I get it. Like, that's a cataclysmic event, a massive inciting incident for that character arc. With Luke, there's nothing. Like, okay, well, to play devil's advocate here, okay. Luke did his nephew burned the entire Jedi temple down and he killed like pretty much all of the Jedi. Like, but we didn't see it. And it was in dream sequences that we knew it was happening. And so it was like, eh, yeah, yeah. Sure. see, I, I still say this and I'm trying, I'll, I'm going to divert from the whole star Wars thing. Cause I like, I hate, I'm sure people get sick of it and I don't want it to be this star Wars podcast. But if you're, if you're listening to me, like you're pretty much, you're going to get a little bit of the ride. Yeah. Cause that's how I am. Um, what was I going to say? I think the first movie in, in that trilogy should have been focused on uh, Luke and Ben and yeah. like so showing that. Yeah. Then it'd be like The Force Awakens and then pretty much the last one be like this kind of combo of like Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker or even the middle movie be a combination of Force Awakens and Last Jedi, right? Or it's like, yeah, yeah. it's just, anyway, that's a whole different thing. Um, there was another question I had though regarding... Um, Hero's Journey, um, and that was, let me see, um, oh, okay, like, what, how and why has it become so iconic? Like, I think just because it's an easy way to take a main character, because, okay, a key aspect of this Hero's Journey uh, archetype is that your main character is learning as they go along. Yeah. And I think it's a cool way for uh, authors and screenwriters and you know filmmakers. It's a cool way for them to take their character from you know Kansas to we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. We're in Oz. Yeah. Like it's a cool way to get you from point A to point B in a fashion that kind of makes sense. And I think another thing to kind of go along with what you're saying is it is easier for the reader or the audience member to kind of follow the story because we're following it from a perspective of like, this character doesn't really know much yeah. rather than, you know, a character that knows a lot more. Yeah. Um, and also like, and, if you're going to yeah. do a series, Hero's Journey is a great way to set up the first installment. And then with the next ones, you do a, something a little bit different. Yeah. Like you would do maybe a heist with the second or third, or maybe you would do like a thriller archetype with the second or third, something different. And hero's journey sets everything up. John wick is a hero's journey story. Yeah. I just thought about that. Yep. Literally. It's like, you've got this guy, he's in a comfortable situation without the mentor figure thing. I get one well, night, but he sort of does. He does. It's like, the dude from the hotel. The Continental. Yeah. 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 And it's like, okay, they killed his dog. He's going back now. <laughs> like, right. and you get into this. And it's like he doesn't underworld. want to, and then he does. And then it's like all of a sudden, it's, it's Hero's Journey. And then they do it again in the second movie. Yeah. And then the third <laughs> movie like, isn't. Yeah. The, the, the third movie. Yeah. It, the first two movies are the third mer movie is like, uh, is definitely like a, you know, okay. He's here now. Like, yeah. I don't, all I don't know if there's an archetype for what the third movie is. I really think it's, and if I thought about it more, I probably could equate it to an archetype, mm. but it's truly just like, Okay, he's in a bad situation, and it's, yeah, so he, he does not start out in a zone of comfort or a, a status quo. 
because it does yeah. carry on from the second one. So it's immediate. Uh, it's like in media race. Um, it's in the middle of a problem and then he's got to solve it and he spends the rest of the movie solving that problem that he's in. Um, and it works because the problem is huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I don't know what that archetype is, but it's it's yeah. just like he spends the whole movie trying to solve one problem, and he just deals with like problem after problem after problem. Right, right. It's probably a thriller archetype, mm-hmm. um, but because it's John Wick, there's like fight scenes that just kind of like slow it down, so it's not fast, yeah. it's not quick yeah. at all. Um, yeah. But it's probably some kind of like a thriller thing because you it's kind of right. like the whole. Um, like an ocean waves kind of thing where it's like you go over one wave, you get in a little, uh, a little bit of a valley and you go over another wave and get a little bit of valley. So it's just constant up and down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. The first two are totally hero's journey. Yeah. I, I think the only reason I pointed that out was because you can literally find the hero's journey everywhere, anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Like it's, it's so commonplace. Like I'm just like looking at like all my games and movies and I'm just trying to identify like, how many of these are a form of the hero's journey? Like, it's just... Okay, have you seen the movie Children of Men? I have not. That's hero's journey from the perspective of the mentor. Let me... So, essentially what happens is you've got a guy who was... uh, Let's see, he's like in a... Okay, essentially it's people can no longer have biological children anymore. Mm-hmm. and uh it's like this dystopian sci-fi thing um and so the main character is like a reluctant he just doesn't care like yeah he just doesn't care about anything um and then one of his old buddies michael kane uh he nice. brings him into this uh thing where it's like there's a a, a girl who's had a biological baby and they have to protect her and the government like wants to kill her or something. Um, and so he has to like, because he has a certain set of skills, he has to like take her from point A to point B. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it might even That's be like a utopia. The last of us. Yeah. It's pretty much the last yeah. of us. Um, it's just yeah. told from the perspective of the mentor instead All, of the mentee. Also Logan. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like, Oh, and skills. This person has like, yeah. And here you go. It's a common thread and this spoils children of men. So I'm sorry if you want to not have spoilers, you'll have to skip like 15 seconds. He's going to die, right? He dies. He dies at the end and she lives. So, I mean, it's, it's just perfect. Like here, here's journey from the perspective of the mentor. But that was, that was made in like 2003, six, 2006. Okay. That's what it said. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, I can see who these people are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think with that example, like, it'll go to show that somehow, in some way, we will see new ways of people telling the creative or the, the creative ways of telling different takes on yeah. the hero's journey. Yeah. Because I think this is definitely like a big step in that, and then it's like, you know. Because almost in a way, like those mentor figures are also a hero in themselves, where they're like they're in a comfortable place, where but like they're more so in a place where they just don't want to do anything, they don't care about anything, right? And they're kind of forced to grow out of that, you know. Yeah, there's Whether an inciting incident that forces them to take action in some yes. form or fashion. Yeah, um, and I'm sure we'll see like different ways. It's just it's just hard to say like how, you know. Yeah. Um, and 
I I would love for for me like I would love for some wave to come up of a different variation of the hero's journey. Yeah. Um, but it, it's safe to say the hero's journey isn't going away anytime soon. No, there's going to be different like variations. Said, like people will do like what they're doing with the mentor situation where they're going to try and put a different spin on it. Yeah. Um, chosen one. I, I don't know if that's coming back that much. Um, I, but see, I, that's going to come time, back like, there was a, like 20 years maybe, but like for but now see, it's, yeesh. but like I, I would I would agree with that, but like there's still chosen one stuff oh, yeah. all the time. Like literally there was a movie, like I mentioned to it, the kid who would be king. Yeah. Literally another hero's journey. The kid is the chosen one. He's King Arthur or no, he's he's like the descendant of King Arthur or whatever. He's the chosen one, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And in a way, I mean, Interstellar is also kind of like a hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. It's, Batman. Bat, yeah. Batman Begins is hero's journey. Dark Inception. Inception is heist, but it's also here's journey for the main character. It's not because, as much because it's like you can see the plot beats for a heist plot um, where it's like, okay, he needs to. Uh, there needs to be a reason why he takes a job. Um, it's kind of like a big like if he doesn't, there's stakes. Like that's what I'm trying to say. There's stakes. If he doesn't take the job, yeah. bad yeah. things will happen. So he starts assembling his team. He starts. Um, bringing out all of his buddies from the past and yeah. then uh they learn together they make a plan they learn they figure out how they're gonna do it and then they're like okay we're gonna do it they go do it and then there's a twist at some point in there between them doing it and the end big twist changes everything they got to figure out how to deal with it maybe everything goes to crap maybe it doesn't and then it all wraps up yeah we need, we need to talk about heist movies at some point too because yes freaking love heist movies heist movies are great um, we've got we still have a lot of different like major topics to talk about um, what did you just drink I just drank cold coffee <laughs> oh nice I do that all the time Ugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't have much else to say other I I can't drag this on any longer <laughs> unless uh, unless you've got more stuff to say no I think that pretty much wraps it up um, be on the lookout for heist or not heist, sorry. <laughs> Hero's Journey story archetypes. Um, once you start oh, looking yeah. for them, you see them everywhere, especially in sci-fi and fantasy, but you see them absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I think you can make it work with almost anything. In, anything that involves a weird, wacky world or, or, or just some kind of different take on a world or whatever where it's like, yeah. oh, they're kind of forced into this whole thing. It's just like... There's a lot of elements of the hero's journey that even if it's not the hero's journey they that they take from, mm-hmm. whether that be a mentor figure, whether that be um, the character kind of like hitting their lowest point and having to grow from that and kind of starting back at the same point they left off but yeah. not being the same. Like there's just so many – because it's such a multi-layered – uh, format of storytelling yep. that you can take, you can kind of pick and choose some of those and make it into a kind of a new thing, right? Yep. Um, because it just it really covers so many bases and common stories and threads. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of answers the question of what makes it so iconic is because it's so versatile. It's like it's like the multi tool of storytelling. Yeah, it's iconic because of the mentor figures and the protagonists. I think when yes. you've got an iconic mentor, which is a key for this. Like Yoda is an iconic mentor. Gandalf is, a, is an iconic mentor. 
Obi-Wan is an iconic mm-hmm. mentor. Um, you need that, but you also need an mm-hmm. iconic protagonist. Um, and I think if you have a mentor that doesn't fulfill very- the job of a mentor, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite work. And if you have a protagonist that doesn't ever go from point A to point B, it doesn't quite work. But once you have yeah. those two things working in tandem, you've got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're very at their core they're very character driven yes and that that's that's kind of the whole point it's yeah. like the the characters are integral to the plot it's not the plot that's the forefront it's the characters yeah 100 and maybe maybe that's why i like them so much because i am such a sucker for characters yeah i think characters are more important than plot but that's but i think they also go very hand in hand and that's kind of an argument for another day yeah yeah that's a whole <laughs> um, different law lo- that's an hour long podcast yeah. right there yeah oh yeah uh, maybe we'll talk about that at some point too. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode from the Rising Action Vault about the hero's journey plot archetype. Uh, if you would like to learn anything more about maybe what the hero's journey is or where you can get some more resources about that or learn more about that, follow us on Instagram, DM us on there, comment on one of our photos on there, and we will get back with you and maybe chat more about what the hero's journey is, what that means for your stories, or maybe just if you want to figure out what that means in movies that you're watching and books that you're reading and further understand that. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to us, and that's the best way for your friends to hear about the show, for anybody who hasn't heard of Rising Action before to find us. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on Spotify. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you Friday when we're talking about three-act structure on Plot Week.